Good morning. Happy Tuesday, Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. It's going to be a good day today, right? Yes. Like it. Nice. Very nice day. Enjoy this weather. the weather. Well, I mean, at least if we're not near a chemical plant. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. uh, what stay a, away from Rockton. What a... Uh, and and they, they literally got, like, some of the video of the... Uh, of the plant exploding. I mean, it like mushroom clouds. Yeah, it yeah. just happened to be like panning across. Yeah, like the helicopter's over. I was like one shot, and I'm like, I think you, you, you just see the, the guy in the helicopter, you know, the news helicopter taking the thing. I think we're too close. Yeah. <laughs> His eyebrows were singed. You need to back up a little bit. Yeah. You, I guarantee you could feel that heat. So uh, if, if you do live in the area, like I need to remind you, I'm assuming you're up by the speed on this. They're saying, don't pick up debris that might be falling from the sky. Yeah, don't like walk around. Because yeah, it's yeah. a chemical plant, and it's most likely got chemicals on it. Yeah, and they're letting it burn, so... Yeah, which is interesting. Well, yeah, because they it's a chemical plant. They don't want to... Well, if they pour water on it, then the water gets all chemically. That's a technical term for Very firefighting, by yeah, the way. We, we say contaminated. And then, there, it, but yeah. and then it flows into the river. river. Is that yeah. the Rockton River that's right there, I think? Yeah, so... Rock, Rock, Rock river. river. Yeah. So... It's uh, about 300 meters away. Pretty fantastic. Uh, uh, pretty fantastic of, of fire. And again, still burning this morning. Yeah. The haze and the yeah. smoke you can see over there. Uh, we were yesterday. I remember having a conversation about um, the reopening, if you will, the grand reopening of Chicago and Illinois on Friday and um, the percentages of people that are are vaccinated. I'm still not 100 percent clear. We've talked to, to different medical experts. What's the number that we need to get to for, it's not hurt, community, community immunity? immunity. Do well, I, does anybody remember what that number is? Like I thought it was 70. 70. Yeah. Maybe they've moved it because they move everything, right? And There's nothing's ever that. clear, but right. it used to be 70. Where are we in, in uh, uh, locally now? Nearly 70%. Oh, look at that. One with one shot. So See, I don't probably get that. Community, the her, people that got one and yeah, didn't go like, back for number two? Yeah, like, eh, I'm just not going to go. Did they hate the first one so much? <laughs> Maybe they had an ab- adverse oh, effect. Yeah, that's true. I, I, mean, I, I don't know. Maybe they I, think one's enough. Well, one is enough for a little bit of protection. Yeah, it's enough for enough time. It's not enough for mm-hmm. more, you know, I guess. Seems like <laughs> if you got one, <laughs> people like cut go their... back for the second. Take the yeah, time. If it's, you went ahead and got the yeah. first. It's not like it takes three days. That it's like drive over to CVS, get it, come back. These people like cut their daily vitamin in half. Go, I don't need all this. <laughs> Who needs all these vitamins? Who needs three hundred milligrams. Cut that sucker in half. They're like the procrastinators, right? They're yeah. just. It's weird. In this case, you would think it would be important enough to get the second one. You would uh, think. Well, and I mean, this we don't know. They might just be waiting for their second one. You do have to wait a certain amount of time. So as of today, nearly seventy percent. Now, across the whole country, 44% fully vaccinated. So think about that. We've got this. There was a a map that came out a couple weeks ago, taking a look at all the zip codes in and around Chicago and vaccination rates in those from 100%. It was like West Loop, which I'm guessing there's only like six people live there. Yeah. You know, if somebody lives there uh, down to like 20 something percent in other neighborhoods so we're getting near 70 nationwide we're in the 40s and by the way screw you vermont we could still beat them 
You think we can beat in a Vermont? Fist fight. Hey, oh, yeah. Why are you even impressed? They have like 500,000 people in the state. Do they really? I'm so unimpressed. I think that's, I think you know that's an overestimation. And I'm it's like, Vermont. I'm like, you've only, <laughs> why haven't you vaccinated 100%? Yeah. I think that's it. They're done, right? Probably 80% is where they're, 80% yeah. is where Vermont is. Because we know at. not everyone's getting vaccinated, so they're probably done. But I mean, they should have finished that in a week. <laughs> we had that done it's in a long d- weekend. That's you know what? what it is. We had that done in a day at the United Center. Yeah, so Vermont, not impressed. Yeah. Is there... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Vermont but... is for losers, is that it? Isn't it for lovers? Yeah, don't be tooting saying? your horn about your 80%. I'm like... <laughs> is there... Should we be spending time, effort, energy trying to convince those 30%, 40%, wherever you happen to be, that they need to get the vaccine. That's all we're doing. And you know what I think is happening? People are waiting to see if they'll be offered maybe a million dollars. Oh, do you think people are holding out for Oh, I do think people are holding out. Really? Because what is it like? Now they're saying Lollapalooza, right. So believe me, even those, the ones who have gotten one, they're like, whoa, maybe I'll wait for that second one because they'll be offering second ones. Hmm. Benny's for second, you know, get your second shot. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Absolutely. I think one of... Right, they don't think they need it. There, well, well it is, no, it is. It might be there true. Is, there is validity to that, but we don't know how long that right. natural immunity lasts, and you'll only find out if you bleep and get COVID and say, yeah, but I had it before. They go, yeah, but that ran out. Right. You, fair enough. Oh, well, we do. We. But, yeah, we know at least six months, and it might be longer. So but if you do have the shot, we do know it works. We and do know, again, right, the, and uh, it lasts at least six months, and they're finding out more information every day. So uh, they uh, might tell us, oh, it's now it's going to be a year. A great example of that is the, the, the declining number, because I'm trying to celebrate things here, the declining number of people being hospitalized for COVID. Yeah. Okay, it's a smaller number. It's going down. Mm-hmm. None of them are vaccinated. <laughs> Ah. My buddy who has the emergency room, he told yeah, me, he, yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. Right. he goes, you know what? We, we aren't treating any vaccinated COVID patients. Yeah, he right. goes, the only people that come in through the front door or coming in an ambulance are unvaccinated for whatever reason. He goes, but, but we're well, we not know the reason. Co- we're it's not because they're vaccinated. vaccinated people. Yeah, right. that's another reason. So for the, those who are hesitant about the vaccination, yeah, nobody's getting, uh, very few people are getting COVID. Nobody's going to the hospital. Nobody has died. There have been a couple of adverse, as we know, reactions to the uh, vaccine, like there are to any vaccine. So, I mean, it's... Well, people tend to, gl- uh, what is it, uh, clamp on to... The negative, like... Well, but the one piece of information. Yeah. Yes, as far as we course. can tell, th- three three people have died attributed to, related to something, the, the vaccine. Three. It works out to a death rate of 0.0017%. If you look at the United States. You're saying there's a chance. 600,000 people died of COVID. Yeah. I'm no math whiz. But that's a big difference in numbers. Yeah. Three or 600,000. So if you're holding on to the, yeah, but three people died of the vaccine, you are blissfully ignoring the 600,000 that actually died of COVID. Yeah. Right. You see what I'm saying? yeah. Like how do you how does that work in your head? I think the people that haven't got it are are the ones that are not going to get it ever. They're full not stop. waiting for Benny. Well, there might be a few, but I think those are the ones that are just like, yeah, I'm not getting it because we've had plenty of time. They're 
free. They're here. They're everywhere. You get this. You get that. They don't Plenty need of it anymore. They so still want it. There were 33 million cases of COVID in the U.S. Okay. 600,000 deaths. Right. Can you figure that out, Bruce? Is that so math? Those, no. So think no. about that's a lot of people who have had COVID who didn't die. Correct. So... Yeah. It's not like 50% of the people that no. get COVID died. No, no, absolutely. So there are. There are all these. So within this group not who haven't gotten the vaccine, there are those who will never get the vaccine, as you just said, Cheese. They yeah. just won't. Yeah. But, but, but there are those who have had COVID who don't believe they need the vaccine. Right. Maybe not yet. Maybe not. Maybe they'll, something will change. Then there are, like I said, the people waiting for the you know million-dollar lottery ticket that they will be given if they just get the damn vaccine. Right. Um, and then there are the people who... You know, as we know, the group, the minority, a lot of minority groups who are legitimately afraid, but still, that's who, that's who everyone is working on. But how, those I, how do you, so I think we'll find, we'll have bigger numbers. I say this to my, my black and brown friends. 300 million doses have been administered in the United States so far. Some of those are double dose. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like I had to get two of those, yeah. 300 million. That's mm-hmm. not 300 million people, 300 million doses. If it was a big scam, if it was a uh, uh, a government experiment, yeah, don't you think that would have come out by now? What, 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 you, you see what I'm saying? If you're skeptical, like, well, I don't trust them. I go, three hundred million doses have been administered. And nobody's turned into a robot, or not yet. You know. So anyway, I, 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 listen. I I think it's interesting. <laughs> I I I I struggle with how much effort we should take to try to con- convince. More people. I, I struggle with that. Okay, we should stop at Lollapalooza. That's what I'm at saying. At Lollapalooza. Stop at Lollapalooza. After a year and a half of being locked in the living room, you <laughs> have been on the Google machine, spinning the wheel, looking at places around the world, and people say, this, this is the year they're going to check off their bucket list vacation. The place you've always wanted to go, you've always wanted to visit. Montreal, Canada. Huh. Aim high. Dream big. I know. <laughs> Aim high. You can drive there in an afternoon, for God's the sake. The Dells. Uh, Utah. Come on. I, you know what? It's You've been. That's We've talked about yeah. this. I. It's not that I've been. I mean, I've been to you know some good places. But it's not that. It's that the pandemic didn't do that to me. I was one of those people who was like, you know what? We could all use a little reset, people. Okay. I'm so good. you're not itching to no, travel no. the world. And uh, I think okay. it's because I worked the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I took some trips. Yeah. I was on a trip when the pandemic started. So I was, I already got that out of the way. I mean, literally when the pandemic started, I was coming home. I mean, I went, you know, I did a road trip. I just, yeah, I'm not. Okay. I'm not itching to go. You know, of course, I've always wanted, if you ask me, I've always wanted to go. That's been my bucket list even before the pandemic. Two of all places, you're going to laugh, Poland, but because that's where my yeah, no, the land, where my family is from, yeah, and I've always, amazing. I just want to go and look up some family history there. Bring a goat back, yeah, yeah. I, I don't need a goat. I saw enough in Bucktown. I think you're going to have an, uh, you're going to have an issue with the customs bringing the goat back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that this out there. This is right my uh, service goat. Service goat. What is that? My emotional support. Very emotional support. It goat. always amazes me the stuff people bring back when you go to Europe and never stop. Like food. What? Yeah. No, they yeah. sell food here. Cheese, <laughs> uh, where where is your bucket list item? I have always wanted to go to the uh, Italy for one, but the okay. Amalfi Coast, 
Hopefully right? And just <sighs> and drive and see some little old lady making fresh mozzarella on the side of the road. Do they make cheese on the side of the road? I've seen no. like um, I have been they... to the Amalfi Coast. Do they make cheese on the Come side on. of the road? A, it is one of the most, if not the most beautiful places I've ever seen. It's okay. Stunning. Contain yeah. a lot of cheese? I did not see the woman on the side of the road making cheese. I'm not saying that they don't make things or sell things on the side of the road. I just don't think cheese is one of them. I didn't see anything on the side of the road. It's pretty I don't even know. Sure. How do you know? cheese? I, okay. I, seen, I watch enough cooking shows. They make the really? fresh mozzarella. They put uh-huh. the milk and then the curd. Yeah, right? Yeah, I want you to remember that it's it's a tourist destination. So Keep that in mind. They do have a lot of cheese and a yeah. lot of lemon. You're going to get string cheese in every, every store you go in. And by the way, that limoncello, ew. Oh, come on. It's so good. No, no. so sweet. I could not do it. Hey, Ben. I couldn't drink it. I know, I know. I went right for the better stuff. Benjamin in Melrose Park. You have a bucket list item. Have you been itching to go somewhere? Where is it? Hey, Bruce, Judy, and Cheese, good morning. Good morning. morning. Okay, well, my name is Benjamin. I'm here in Melrose Park, Illinois. Three years ago, I was one of a few black people. I actually went to go to Belfast, Northern Ireland. I, I got to go there in 2018. I always wanted to go. Yeah. But in three weeks, <gasps> my tour group is going to Reykjavik, Iceland. Going to Ooh, Iceland. Oh, nice. nice. Wow. Dang. The Northern Lights, else. right? Yeah. Oh, oh I've always man. Wanted to see that. Wait yeah. a minute. You have a tour group? The you guys. temperature is 73 degrees right <sighs> now in the summertime. So we're going. Uh, right after the 4th of July, we're leaving on the 6th of July. Wow. And we're coming back on the 11th. Benjamin, that sounds like an awesome trip. Now, you say you have a tour group. You guys travel often? Yeah, I'm a military person. I was in the uh-huh. military, and all my friends are all around, and we you know we get the deals on the airplanes. Heck and yeah. Like that. They yeah, you do. 25%. Wow. And uh, we're, we're all going to Reykjavik, Iceland. Wow. And we're going to have a nice time. But I'm going to tell you what, Bruce, and you really love cheese. That trip to Belfast, Northern Ireland, I took three years ago, was one of the best trips really? I ever nice. took in my life. And okay. I still don't understand to this day why the Catholics and the Protestants are along. But, yeah. I, but I love that trip. Here, thank here. <laughs> Benjamin, <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Well, ben, oh, Benjamin, Benjamin gets around. Man. Belfast. Iceland. There's a place. Yeah, I've never I've never done Belfast. Mm-hmm. I've never done Ireland. I've heard it's stunning. Yeah, Ireland. That's yeah. on my list too. Bucket list. See, for me, bucket list is what always is yours, yeah. Um I, it's Australia. You know, I've always wanted to go to Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you yeah, know, yeah. I realize that Australians and New Zealanders don't like being thrown in the same sentence with one another, but you know, I still want to go to both of them. They're near each other. Yeah. So yeah, I'd like to I'd like to do that, but I don't think I can go. I don't think they'll let me on the island. It's like Canada. They won't let me in Canada either right now. But so, you always say, I don't want to go to Australia because everything there can kill you. Yeah. Now, no, there's a With chance I'm not coming back. Giant spiders. Everything and, yeah. on that. Everything Nothing there. against Australia. It's the last place in the world I want really? to go. Really? Yeah. Just yeah, because of that. Birds I, can kill you. Yeah. I think, think I would be so uncomfortable. Nice. They're no. not nice. I would get beat up by one. They're my mean. Luck. Yeah, kangaroos are mean. Koala bears. Oh, those things are cute. They will rip you to shreds. Have you seen their nails? Oh (laughs) yeah. Everything in Australia can kill you. Maybe that's why I do want to go. It does. Oh yeah. But now the people seem really cool. So I would. I wouldn't mind meeting the people there. But nothing else. (laughs) So maybe if I just get off the plane in Australia and go right to the airport. Just stay at the airport. Never leave. Just never leave. Never go across the checkpoint there. Just hang out. People keep coming in. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get to that. The Vegemite sandwich. And, oh, I don't even know what that is. I'm not going to eat there. I mean, come on. <laughs> Their version of I don't Nutella? know what it is. I, 
No, Vegemite and Nutella are nothing okay. like. That is blasphemy. <laughs> what is Vegemite? I'm not even, it I'm not even It is horrific. Is it? Okay, and it, it does say something about Australians that they think that's even an acceptable food product. Okay? So it's Nutella like spam, could... but much worse. Oh, well, but cheese okay. loves spam. I love spam, so. but yeah. yeah. That's another issue in and of itself. Okay? <laughs> it's Your bucket list item. You know, again, I can imagine, though, a lot of people, we've, we said that there's pent up demand. Oh, yeah. They want to travel. We know they're going. They want to go places and don't you think some of it is i don't i don't mean to get too uh uh spiritual do you think some people maybe faced their own mortality in the last oh, year and a half absolutely. Oh, maybe some people did. reprioritized and went do i really want to just work myself into the ground because who knows what'll happen next yeah I mean, who knows? Think, think right? of all the people who did contract COVID, and it was scary. And they may have been on a ventilator. Uh, absolutely. They may be fine now, but that would, oh. Or they know the, somebody, and, right. and, and they're like, you know well, what? They lost Maybe somebody. Life is, uh, life is short. And we need to get out and yep. experience some of it, which I would, I would oh, of course. I got to hear. Oh, yeah. what, Nick, what is your bucket list? Place to go. Here we go, Nick. Nick, you, I'll, I'll drive you to Nashville. Nick, Let's you go. haven't go been to Nashville? Road tripping. Oh yeah, you need to, you you are totally Nashville. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my one of the best things I've ever done go, going to the Grand Ole Road Opry. trip. I'm in. All right. Nick will drive. Taking a look at the big stories. Well, everyone's talking about cheese start us off. Yeah, we are fully open, but the first state that shut down due to COVID mm-hmm. is finally reopening and that's today and that state California. Oh. Finally opening. Nice. Last one, right? like? Yeah. President Biden shoring up Allied support before heading to Geneva for his summit with Putin. Even Queen Elizabeth has quizzed him on the conference. Hmm. Chemical plant done blowed up. That's <laughs> right. Uh, good night, Irene. What a fire that's still going on out there. And and they're telling residents, wear a mask, not because of COVID, yeah. but because of the smoke. And don't pick up things that fall from the sky. That's something you didn't expect to hear in 2021, right? <laughs> what wouldn't you be surprised? I, actually, anymore? I did, you know. Yeah, well, at this you, point, did you have that in at your this uh, point? Anything your your yeah. your bingo? Not surprised by anything. So, listen, I will. I, we keep hearing these stories of of road rage incidents. It seems like an almost daily occurrence that there's another shooting. Um, and, and I do think it's important important to point out that I think there's a perception that violence maybe specifically gun violence only happens in certain areas but we know with these road rage incidents and now these carjackings well they've literally happened in every neighborhood in chicago they're not limited to a certain part of town Judy. well not even chicago they happen in the suburbs Out too the suburbs, oh, right? yeah everywhere i mean just in the past you know month or so we've seen several incidents and you know people have died these road rage incidents are just yes. like people have guns. Very deadly. Yeah, it's I, and it's you know it's funny they don't there really are no tips on avoiding road rage. I mean the tip is you know not to engage, engage. of course, but it seems Try like trying to be a little courteous right. as a driver. But right? We've talked about how people are just so angry now. They do seem yeah, up. and sometimes you just can't defuse the situation. Someone is angry and they just want to. They're up for the fight. And no matter what you do, you can't get out of it. So, I mean, we we do, you know, uh, I, I'm thinking they're going to start putting out tips on how to avoid road rage soon because it's becoming a real problem. We've been hearing about the carjackings for some time now. They do have several tips that we know that what to do then. But when it comes to road rage, I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes you inadvertently 
cut someone off. It happens. It happens. Yeah. It's a mistake. And I always do the little hand. Give them the Sorry. Wave. Yeah, give them the wave. Some people, it's not enough. Really? I mean, I have been on the Eisenhower where I have, I don't know what, I, I was driving too slow at 70 miles an hour. Oh, what someone was behind me and they couldn't get around me for whatever reason. I'm trying to get out of the lane for them. But they, I've been in, in situations where they've like followed me for a good mile or so on my tail, just like trying to, you know, bully me is what I would call it. That's how I feel until it found me. And I just stare straight ahead. I don't engage, but it's scary. Yeah. It's some scary stuff. Now, and you tell you, you know, drive to a police station. If you, if you're, if If you know where one is, I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. Get off, you know, get off the freeway. See, but really, is that a good idea? Yeah, right. Get that's up, happening, and I pull you, off. Yeah. yeah, and I pull into a gas station. Mm. I mean, people don't care. Yeah. They'll shoot you anywhere. That's what I think. That's where I think the the danger really happens is when you pull off, and you both get out of your cars. Right? Is there something about driving itself? Is there something about getting behind the wheel and driving that makes some people more aggressive? I'll, I'll tell you, I have a friend who she doesn't live here, so I'll I'll throw her under Let's the bus. Let's do it. I'll right throw now. her under What's the her car. Name? Let's give her a name. Yeah, Jill. Jill. I can. I can. I don't want. I don't drive with her anymore. Really? And I told her I I am afraid when I'm in her car. Really? She is so aggressive. And I've asked her. She's a good friend. I go, like, Jill, what are you doing? I like this, Jill. And <laughs> I, I, she drives 100 miles an hour all there the time. There we go. Oh, nice. in Texas. It's no. It's so dangerous. But while she's driving 100, she is mad at everyone really? on the road. If you look at her wrong, she's like, what? What? You want to cut? You want to get in? Come on. You want to get you? Are you looking at I'm like, oh, oh, my God. I'm in the passenger seat just crying and praying. I have asked wow. her. And she's very honest. She said, you know what? She understands. That's what she she gets in the car. She's a different person. She says it's about control. She feels like it's the only time she's absolutely in control, hmm. and that's why she does it. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I, I I haven't thought of it in that context. Yeah, I don't buy. And I'm like, I don't care what it is. You must slow down and be less angry. I mean, she and then she gets out of the car and she's Jill again. She's perfectly fine. Hmm. There, uh, Jekyll and Jill. Researchers <laughs> say that uh, there's actually something that it may be genetic. That this kind of behavior that some people are, what do I want to use the term? Like hardwired for it. That is crazy. Oh. But you know what? It sounds sane, doesn't it? It's not, There's like a kernel of truth when I hear this story. So, it has to be. I don't know if it would surprise you or not as a guy that drives race cars. I I am not angry behind the wheel. I don't even usually get angry when I, and I, I, so let me play along here. When I first started racing, I would get fired up yeah. behind the wheel. Like somebody would bump you or something, you know, or get close or we call it dirty pass or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, And I don't drive better <laughs> when I'm angry. No. And so I learned through racing to calm down because it made me better. So I'm, like mellow, I'm calm. You never get mad on the on the in, actual in road, the car. and so it's translated into the freeway. And when I drive around, I've been driving around Chicago now for a while. Um, people are fast, no yeah. doubt about it. I try to stay out of the left lane. Hey, as fast as I think I am, there's always some guy coming up in yeah. a, 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 you know, in, in a freaking Honda doing 130. I'm like, I didn't know that car yeah, could right go by, that yeah. fast. How do you do that? That's amazing, <laughs> right? But I, I think it comes from this. It's part of my overall philosophy in life. Aim low, you can't fall off the floor. 
which is if you assume if when you get behind the wheel today, some of you are getting ready right now. Maybe you're driving right now. Yeah. If you assume everybody around you right now is a student driver, it's their first time behind <laughs> the wheel. They haven't the foggiest idea what they're doing. They've never met a turn signal in their life. They don't know what it is. No, even, what's exist. this stuff on the steering? I have no idea, <laughs> right? They don't know where they're going. They have no concept of speed. They, they can't judge. Di- if you just assume that... You don't get mad at them. I assume they're idiots. Do you see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Huh. I start from the standpoint of, well, of course they can't drive. And it's funny because I was driving along. God, where I, and I, I apologize. I can't remember. We're driving along and people in the car. And I'm talking, you know, when I drive, I'm an active driver. I pay attention. I don't, I don't eat or you're drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Two hands I'm driving. I like driving. So I'm driving. And I'm like, oh, look at this in front of us. Like, what are you talking about? I go, well, these two guys look at the, the, the. Yeah. And like, how do you see that coming? And I go, how do you not see this stuff coming? I'm aware of what's going on around me all the time. I, I go, what a bet this guy merges at the last second in front of me. Watch this. Yeah, boom. Of course he did. He's yeah. an idiot. I knew he was an idiot before he did it. And then you don't get angry. Well, and you brought up such a good point. It's distraction. Yeah. When you pass the car going 20 miles too slow on the expressway. I hate those people. Every time, what do you see? Texting what do, on the texting phone. Texting on the yeah. phone every single time. Their head is down. I'm like, what are you? And they're driving too slow, which is even more dangerous. I, I mean, mm. it's believe me, it's one thing when, let me just remind people, and Chicagoans don't need to be reminded, but as we all know, it's 55 miles on the Eisenhower. That is the speed limit. No. I drive 70, which I don't like to do. I don't like to go more than nine miles over. That's just my rule. I have to go 70. If I don't go 70, I will. there will be a road your, rage. Yeah. There will be a road rage incident. Yeah. So when it comes to this speed limit, i help you with this. Speed limit. Speed limit is when you get in your, this is for me. Okay. I can't go any faster. I've reached my speed limit. That's speed limit. <laughs> I've reached my speed limit. Is that what you tell the trooper when he pulls you over? You know what? Cost of doing business. Yeah. Oh, it's you know how fast yeah. you were going? I had to be going pretty fast for you to catch up, obviously. <laughs> Probably not a good answer, though. Not a good one? Yeah, no. no. That's I'd be not, like, no, it, sir, I don't. I know, right? I'm, I'm like, not the cop. Officer, I tell them, what, did, well, you your job. You over? That's your job. Oh, no. I'm, not tell you. I'm the questioner. So, did I do something wrong? Yeah. Oh, they love it when you play dumb. Oh, yeah. They love yeah. that. That's All you gotta do is be nice. I've gotten one ticket in my life. Really? Yeah. That's right. Guess who's getting pulled over one t- today? And I, wait. Don't knock it on wait, the Nick, I went to court to fight it. And I, I did lose. What? <laughs> Anna, good morning. Thanks for spending some time with us today. He's DJ Cheese. There's Judy. I'm Bruce. And he's ABC News Senior Investigative Correspondent, Aaron Katursky. Aaron, first off, good morning to you. Good morning. So there is a bit of a debate going on right now. What started as a conspiracy theory might have a little bit of legs to it, and that is the origins of COVID-19. Did it come from... Uh, what is it called? A wet market in China or from a lab? What do we know as of now? Well, we don't know much, Fair as enough. it turns out. Uh, but we, I think scientists who have been studying this at, at least have, have, have come to realize that they don't know enough to make the definitive conclusion that they appeared to reach in the early days of the pandemic when experts largely felt that the most likely explanation was the virus jumped directly from animals to humans, like all other pandemics and epidemics have in the past. And the, um, the attention focused on this wet market in, in Wuhan, China, 
you know, uh, all the exotic wild fare, yeah. and, and maybe there was, you know, ample opportunity for an intermediary host there. That still, among scientists, is the prevailing theory, but a number of them who, who were so certain of it in the past have now conceded that, that it may have been possible, or, and it's at least worth entertaining the, the, the possibility, that the, this did come out of a lab, not necessarily in weaponized form, as some have suggested, but, but you know, maybe because of, of uh, improper practices or, or you know, a, uh, uh, a kind of maybe shoddy safety standards or, uh-huh. or an accident, but, but that there, there, um, there may be more to it than they first thought. Aaron, why is it important that we know the origin? You know, I, I, I think for curiosity's sake, for sure, um, but also to determine how to, you know, stop these things. Because if it is naturally occurring, um, and and scientists can trace the, uh, you know, the sort of the the origin point, um, that that would be important for future study. But in, that takes a long time. I, I don't think they've still found the, the you know, origin of, of the Ebola virus, for example. Oh. Um, even though they're still, you know, they're still thinking that it's a natural occurrence, uh, you know, finding that, like, you know, animal zero or, or whatever is still, uh, you know, uh, a ways off. Um, if it did originate in a lab, you know, that raises a whole other host of questions, and, and that's where it gets a little more dicey. Well, um, Aaron, I would argue, again, we're talking to Aaron Katursky, ABC News senior investigative reporter. If it did originate in the lab, it's even worse. I mean, oh, naturally I occurring is, you know, oh, well, roll the dice, genetics, whatever you want to say. But especially if this was some form of uh, weapon or something that the Chinese were developing, that would require, I would argue, a very different response. Well, I, no question, and and uh, that's why the you know the, the weaponization theory is still a ways off from from you know being taken quite as seriously. Fair, but um, you know the you know, researchers at, at the Wuhan Institute of Viro- Virology, um, you know, may have sampled the viruses that were found in bat droppings in caves in China, and brought them back to their their lab, and then the question is, you know, what did they do with them? Did they leak out? Did they? Did somebody get infected and then infect others? Um, you know, of all the places in the world where there could be a natural outbreak from transmission, um, you know, that it would happen in Wuhan, the mm-hmm. town with the only virology institute of its kind in all of China. You know, ah. it's a little too coincidental. Fair enough. Um, even though the Chinese government leaders have said you know, that the, they've denied the virus came from their lab. But it does, um, you know, spark a geopolitical debate. And as you say, you know, if it did come from the lab, that, by the way, the United States is partially responsible for funding, um, <laughs> you know, is, is what, what does that say? What does that mean? Um, and, and what are the, you know, potential implications? No. Right, because, I mean, we have to at least entertain... Yeah. The possibility that it was on purpose, right? If it was determined to or have come man-made, from the, yeah. or man-made, that they, yeah, that they meant to make it and not, and that it wasn't just an accident. Well, uh, sure. I mean, but but again, I, I think to go down that road, um, you know, I, 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 scientists, I, I don't know that scientists are prepared to to, to say that it was a man-made virus. Okay. I, I think they're now more willing to say that it's. Um, that there, 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 it's possible that it did leak out of the lab. Now, 
does that mean weaponization? Does that maybe, maybe not? Uh, more likely is that, um, you know, the, the, if the disease had been engineered in a lab, there'd be evidence of that in its genomic sequence, and, and there doesn't seem to be any such evidence. Fair. Um, okay. But, you know, if it did go from animal to human through an intermediary host, um, but then leaked out of a lab because of carelessness, or, you know, again, because of human body, error, mm-hmm. a human error, you know, that's also troubling. Sure. And, and yeah. um, it does, I think, um, you know, still raise some questions. And, and it, but look, there's a gap in the whole narrative, right? And, and researchers say it could, um, it could take years to find that initial animal host, which, you know, hasn't been found yet. Aaron, thank you for your time and thank you for your your reporting on this. We appreciate it. He's ABC News senior investigative reporter Aaron Kutursky on whether or not COVID-19 came from a lab leak or is nature based. And the answer is not sure. I don't really I I, I feel like I don't want to know. Really? I, just, I think I, we because have to it, know. Whatever it is, it's going to be bad. You know, it's, and I just ugh. can I tell you that I, I just cannot get away from the fact that. Up until just over a year ago, I'd never heard of Wuhan, China. Did anybody ever hear? Seriously. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Wuhan, China? I feel like we should have, though, since it was, like you just said, the only viral lab that was making China, China and that we were funding. How about this? Wuhan, China is bigger than any American city. Yeah, it's crazy. Wuhan, China has 11 million people. (laughs) Wuhan, China is four times larger than Chicago. And I've never Never. heard of it. Never even heard of it. How is a city four times bigger than Chicago? And I'm like, what? How do you spell it? Starts with a W? Wow. You know Chinese. They don't like to get that information. 11 million people. Mm. New York has 8 million. Just on a sense of... Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Right? Now we have it for the wrong reason. Now we'll never forget it. Are you over the age of 30? I think there's a solid chance that most people listening right um, now. Yeah, Although yeah, we're yeah, very popular it. with the kids. We're very we're popular very with hip. the kids today. Well, the kids. Bark, 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 bark. Check, out, <laughs> check out our TikTok videos. Um, you're not even popular with the older stuff. If you're, old, if you're oh, over man. the age of 30, we got a list of things that you should not have in your house. Okay? <laughs> Time to move on, people. We're going to do that, oh, though. But I'm uh, scared. You should. I'm scared. I was going to say, of all the people in the room, yeah. You should be terrified. Rolling uh, pins. Somebody who knows better than you, like the interior designer group, right? <laughs> About the things them. you shouldn't have in your house, in your apartment, wherever you choose to live, if you're over the age of 30. Is this adulting? Is this the growing up part? Because I probably don't like this. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you that... Uh, I'm 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 curious as to find at least we we have a list of some I have some things to add to the list, but we have a list of things that over the age of thirty you shouldn't have in your house. <laughs> and right off the bat, I'm taking umbrage with the soft toys on your bed. Nope, with the plastic <laughs> cups, plates, or cutlery. Oh, I'm with you on that one. Really? I, As I was reading this yesterday, I, I was drinking done, out of a plastic cup. I haven't done dishes in. What's All the, right, that is ever, not my excuse. Ever. Get out. I don't do dishes. You use paper plates. Every single day. All right, I'm removing, paper, my, I'm removing I myself cups, from this. I have the this. paper ones. I go to the Costco and I buy the 500 pack. <gasps> I have paper plates, paper bowls, and plastic cutlery. And I just throw it away. 
You know how Get wasteful that is? Out. Go buy one plate, one fork. One then you knife. have to wash it. Okay, you rinse it. We're not having dinner parties, Nick. <laughs> you know what? We are not having. <laughs> he will not be hosting par- any at dinner no parties. Point yeah. Will there what? be a dinner party in not my living only room? Only are you not having dinner parties? I don't think anyone can come over. That's the goal. You oh said that's a bad God. thing. <laughs> Hold you know, you probably have this contraption in your kitchen that you don't need. It's called a dishwasher. I don't know how that works. I used to have a dishwasher, but she moved out. So what? anyway. Um, Love that one. Hey, is that bad? Yeah. No, it's funny. That's no, it's you. For. All right. That's uncalled for. Other things. I'm going to look at Nick. Okay. Unlike Bruce, yeah. I use a, I use plastic cups and plate, but sparingly, you know, once in a while. Oh, no. That's all I use. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's wrong. It's very, very, very wrong. Yeah. Add it to my list. <laughs> Add it to the list. Add of it stuff. to the list. Now, here it is. How old is your mattress? Oh, man. I feel like that's an age thing. As you get older, you do change your mattress more. I can't. I probably slept in the same mattress for most like, of my oh, life. Breaking back, right. you need a new mattress. Well, not yeah. even that. It's just, I think once you just realize, I, it was like one of those things you didn't care about. Yeah. And I reached some point in my life, probably in my late 20s, where I was like, yeah, this mattress sucks. Mm. So now I do get I do get a mattress. Your mattress should be treated like Joan Rivers treated her face. Replace it every ten years. <laughs> oh man, mine's and way over years. that. But ten years, ten is, a years long time. is a long time for a mattress. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's can't you flip it after ten and then just, you should probably it. flip it after five and oh. then after ten buy a new one. Yeah, they're too expensive. The uh, new ones are not that bad. No, you can and get they a good come in a box. Now. They come in a box. It's a little box. I got the one I got here. It showed up, and you cut the box open. Oh yeah, I've takes seen that a day. Yeah. Those are up. awesome. Yeah, I have bought uh, online okay. great mattresses. Tuft and needle and all these ones. Yeah, that's the one I'm. Now here's something else I think I would see at Bruce's place. Oh, God. <laughs> Old trophies. I have no trophies. Well, you have them, right? But you just don't have not them in out. the house. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh. I was gonna say I won a trophy Saturday night. Did you? Congrats. Yeah. I won, I won my race. Home. I did, did you, not bring it to Chicago. Did, no. You just left it there? No, I tend to, uh, I give my trophies to, uh, um, like sponsors oh. or partners, you know, in my racing. And I hope to get to the point where I have so many of them, I just give them to the kids that show up at the racetrack. That's nice, what I hope to nice. get to at some point. Yeah. So okay. I'm not a big trophy person. Okay. I have silly trophies. So, like, uh, uh, I have like you know like gag trophies and gift like I I keep some of those like silly ones but yeah I don't have like real trophies around of like my when I won the soccer championship mm. at fifteen yeah I don't keep that stuff yeah uh, for some reason when, I'm not a when, I'm not a memory kind of when guy. the kids no I don't Lex, have any of those. yeah God I have so you have well okay so I shouldn't say that so. You've- from the record Hundreds, music yeah. business, but those are I have cool those, ones, those uh, platinum plaques. Have you ever seen like gold records? Mm-hmm. A gold record would be yeah, the way to yeah. do it, right? A gold, re- and they're framed, and oh, some yeah, of them that's are huge. different. I have a warehouse. Yeah. of those. I have over a hundred something of them. I don't have any. I, I don't hang them up. I have so many. Yep, they're in a box. I feel like I have because I I always like to brag. Really, the only time I do. <laughs> <laughs> that I have two uh, Murrows, but I feel like those are, is that a trophy Can or I a plaque? That's okay. Is it a plaque? Do you have okay. an office? Do you have a home office? I do. Or, I have nothing That's a good out. place for those. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. I, you have I, a home put, office. You can put yeah. your, your, your professional uh, yeah, but I still don't. awards. She's yeah. got her bowling pins up there. I have my no bowling pins. The plaque. I might have a microphone up there. If you're over the age of 30, you're not allowed to have dream catchers anymore. Ah. Uh, no? Well, <laughs> 
time to move on. She's told us what they were for. I didn't ever even thought about this. I think that's what they're for. My son has one. He used to have one. He got rid of it. Um, he put it there because he thought it caught bad dreams, so he wouldn't have bad Is dreams. Is that the purpose of a dream? To catch bad dreams? I, why did I think dream catchers were a positive thing? I thought it was there. It is. It's there it to protect right you. right here, you've caught all the dreams you're going to catch if you're over 30. Oh. So, yeah, it catches dreams. Bad dreams, though, right? Bad dreams, yeah. yeah why okay. would it catch the good ones? Who would put that up? I want my good dreams. Yeah. That's why my son had it, but he finally took it down because he's. I was like today years old to realize that maybe dream. I might be wrong, but that's. I did not know that. Right, I'm sorry, but I do have shot glasses because I need. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. (laughs) And not was she brought one back? Not in the slightest. Well, it should, Bruce, because I don't really use them to measure anything. I, you know, I I measure it like. I love the way it says three fingers. Yeah, there we go. I love the way it says nobody cares that you went to Cancun in 1997 with your shot glass there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my kids. Whenever we went on vacation, when they were these toys by shop, I mean, not that they used them, but they bought them. Yeah. And they had them all lined up in their room. And then one day I threw them all out. I'm slightly disappointed that the interior designers that came up with a list of things that over the 30 you shouldn't have in there, that beanbag furniture wasn't in there. Ooh, that's a good yeah. one. Because I have a... F- I- yeah, no, they, they, yeah they make no, those they really are. nice ones now. La, La Sac or they something are. like that. They Move sell them on the mall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, I, I still equate beanbags. By the way, I equate beanbags with those bleeping little beans all over the house because pop, inevitably yeah. you're going to get a hole in it. Uh, with, and I had, the, I'm pretty sure I had this at one point. It might have been, it was either that or it was at the fraternity when I was in school. I didn't live in my fraternity. I did. But yeah. We had the uh, the spool. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, From a yeah. construction yes. site. Yes, a wire, spool. yeah. Ooh, and that was a coffee table. Yeah. Like, right? Oh, yeah. Wire, it was a spool. Yeah, back in the day, I'm that like, was look the thing, yeah. They're practically giving away coffee tables. <laughs> that just with a bean bag in your set. A look, bean bag and a spool? I would love TV, one of those spools right now for my, like, porch. That would be awesome. Oh, He's my got goodness. Can I just go in your barn one day and pick out some stuff? <laughs> I'm going to see how many construction spools I have oh, he's got before I can commit to handing yeah. them out. Yeah, that's, that's a yes, I have them, but God. I'm not giving it to American Judy. American pickers yep. go to Nick's house, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I want it. Yeah. I, I know. We're going out there. We're well, doing a road I, trip. I'm only happy that of the 10 things that you're not supposed to have in your house from, you know, stuffed animals on your bed <laughs> to inflatable furniture, the only one I still use is plastic knives, forks, and paper cut, uh, paper plates. And I ain't changing. <laughs> Unless you want to come over and do the dishes, I, I just yeah. don't do dishes. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you there. You just don't. You have a dishwasher. <laughs> That's what I need. Yeah. The breathing kind, he Gotta means. Find a, yeah. yeah. Gotta find me a dishwasher. Yeah. Oh, God, that just got me. <laughs> that just dug a deeper hole. Oh, that just dug let's a move deeper it on. hole. Moving on. I like the shopping cart one, Nick. Are you, yeah, you trying? You've driven by a car dealership recently. Is part of your normal drive to drive by a car dealership. I, I, have, I have driven by them before. And usually, like, the, we've got acres of cars. Yeah. You know, as far as the eye can see, we've got them in every color. You know, And now I've driven by some car dealerships, and there's, like, three cars. I I went by, uh, what is it called? A mi- Mini? Uh, the Mini Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. 
They had one Get out. Mini Cooper. Stop and it. I'm guessing it wasn't for sale. It must be like, well, this is what they look like. You can't buy it. <laughs> it was but, the owner driving in in his Mini Cooper. And I was yeah. like, well, you're not really a car dealership, are you, if you're not selling cars? We are in the midst of a carpocalypse, might be a good uh. way to put it. And joining us right now is Brian Day. He is a used car expert. And because, Brian, it's so hard to get those new cars, the price of used cars, it's going through the roof, right? Absolutely right. That the the price of used cars is uh, we've never seen anything like this before. This has been pretty wild times. Yeah, give me an example of that. Is there a percentage increase? You know, I mean, how am I supposed to relate it? Give me a give me a frame of reference. Well, it depends on the vehicle itself. Okay. So there are some vehicles that actually have jumped up about ten to twelve percent in price or a quote unquote value, and then some have actually jumped up to a hundred percent. Get out. Um, yeah. Why do I want to think I don't have one of those? Now, are these, Brian, <laughs> are these newer used cars you're talking about or, or older used cars? Well, so there are some that are that are definitely older that are still just increasing in value because of the rarity of the vehicle. But, yeah, the new ones right now, for instance, the new C8 Corvette is probably the hottest thing on the, on the market right now. Uh, we're seeing MSR sticker prices of sixty-five to $67,000 oh. if you bought it brand new. Those right now are actually being sold for one thirty. What? Wow! Come on, that's a hundred percent. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, and oh, yeah. and this is having. I mean, this has to have a, a, a long term ripple effect on the car industry, right? I mean, I just like you said, we've never seen anything like it. What's the concern moving forward, Brian? The concern really is the people who are going to be stuck with those vehicles who 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 like to change or are accustomed to changing out vehicles more often than not. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is just like a housing market, if it does have a, a burst or a, a bubble that pops, then they're going to be left standing there going, well, now I've, I've now, I'm paying on this vehicle. Oof. Let's say that, that Corvette, $130,000, it's only worth sixty-seven right. on paper. Right, right, right. Oh. We're talking to Brian Day, used car expert. Brian, are there any cars that are like really popular that people really want besides the Corvette? But you know, that's the your average Joe who needs a who needs a used car. I mean, are there certain cars that people really want to get their hands on? I and I'm thinking yeah. I'm asking you that because I have a couple cars I want to get rid of. Okay, okay. Yeah. Any type of truck. Truck right now, if you have a truck at all, it's worth like gold right now. Hmm. Trucks, SUVs. Um, literally anything with a truck bed, doesn't matter really what year or mileage right now, dealerships will, will soak them up. Um, Ford is, that, is that because it's so hard to get new ones right now? I mean, I, I keep hearing about chip shortages, et cetera, that mm-hmm. if you need a truck, used might be your only option? Right, exactly. Uh, anything with a diesel engine that will last for a long time anyways, um, those are typically the ones that people are trying to get their hands on the most. But we're seeing where trucks, they're, they're, they're bringing another ten twelve thousand dollars $12,000 more than they normally should. Oh, wow. Um, is that even with, like, high mileage? Exactly. And diesels, the good thing is, if they have 100,000 miles on the diesel, they're just getting broken in. Oh, uh, yeah. Those made to last longer. Wow. Well, yeah, my, I have a diesel truck. Yeah. And I've got like a hundred and three thousand miles, and everybody like the joke is, "Well, it's just getting broken in." <laughs> well, you know what? I have yeah. a I have a Honda Pilot, and that's what everyone says. They're like, "A oh, hundred, you can go to four hundred thousand miles with a Honda Pilot." Yeah, right. 
I'm at, I'm at 150 now. Hey, Brian, we appreciate your insight into this. Thank you very much. And uh, uh, you can see how this is going to continue to impact. Again, just trying to find a vehicle. Yeah. It ain't like it was before. But oh, I'll take that one in blue. And by the way, does it come with the moonroof as opposed to, you'll get this and like it. <laughs> and you're going to pay too much for it yeah. while you're at it. And it's like the housing market. And it's like Canada, right? Because Canada's close and I want to go there. I want, I want if I can't I want. get a car, and so I want one even more. I'm literally, so I have a car. I would sell it. I keep it in Arizona. Oh, that one. That don't one. sell that one. Okay, well, what is but it? But I don't sell use it. Sell it on the air. Sell it. Sell it. And I'm. Loan it to your buddy, Chee. 100% markup. If you mm. have a, what do you got? You got a good one? I You're a car I guy. Yeah. I am a car guy. Ooh. I'm thinking of it. I'm thinking like there may be never, there may never be a better, better time, time to sell. To sell. Yeah. Right. And that's the. You know, because if, if you need a car, you need a car. You know, it's like you need a house. You need somewhere to live. And so, like, you have to have a baseline. Right. You got to have that. But I have, like, a spare car. See, if you could make, it out like, here because 10, I didn't think it was a Chicago car. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's not a Chicago Because it would get salt rotted. Yeah. Boom. If you could make 10000 more, like, you know what I mean? Like, did well, yeah, you yeah, pay yeah. for oh, it? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? See, my so issue is, is I have two used cars, and I want a new car. But I can, I'm no not paying. Yeah, no and cars. I'm not paying that. No, no. way. I'll keep my little so, used let me give you, Let me give you an example just for, for scale. My buddy owns a, a Ford dealership in, uh, in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the largest Ford dealer in Arizona. Okay? They sell more Fords. Yeah. And I said, what's Because I, 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 I drove by the lot. And I'm like, there's no, there's no cars. And I said, what is, it, what is it? Give me a give me a sense. He goes, normally we have somewhere between 750 and 1,000 new cars in stock. You know. Just hang it. We've got them on yeah, the lot. Mm-hmm. We've got them in the back. You want that one in blue? We got it, right? He goes, right now, I have 68. Wow. And I was like, that's a big difference. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And he says, and no estimation of when we will get new ones. Good morning and happy Tuesday to you. Let's jump into our 7 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. And Judy will start us off. Still no deal on reopening the U.S.-Canadian border. COVID restrictions have been in place for over a year now, affecting businesses and airlines that depend on tourism. Mm. The chemical fire in Rockton continues to burn. Part of that is by design. But there's still a concern for people in the area with toxic fumes and or debris falling Ugh. from the sky. Good grief, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the first state that shut down due to COVID is finally reopening today. And that state is California. Hey, there you go. All right, joining us right now is Special Investigator Gary Revel, and Gary is uh, an all-around guy. That's, That's his him. song, by yeah. the way, also, <laughs> and a Special Investigator that I got to go back go back to 1977 when you started yeah. investigating the death of Martin Luther King, and and Gary, as far as I can tell, it has been a hell of a ride up until now. I just want to start with the. the I'm going to use the, the obvious question. What's the biggest thing I don't know about the MLK assassination? Well, the simple fact is that James Earl Ray did not shoot and kill Martin Luther King Jr. as most history books say. Okay, that's a pretty. Uh, that's a big revelation. Yes, and it's it's about time that the. I I finally decided. Okay. You know, you're just going to have to tell the folks the truth about this thing. So here I am, Chicago and beyond. 
Yes, sir. Now, did you, you actually, you've actually talked to James Earl Ray. You you oh, interviewed oh, him, yeah. spent time with him. Oh yeah, I spent I spent a year going to Brushy Mountain Prison and sometimes spending an eight hour day uh, with him and, and the, the House Assassinations Committee. Uh, they would uh, they would come in to Tennessee and uh, we would meet there at Petros uh, uh, Brushy Mountain Prison. Yeah, very, very formidable formidable gothic sinister looking place and uh, we'd spend all day some days i'd be there just my, by myself and then some days we'd have several attorneys and investigators there as well so gary then here's the million dollar question who did fire the shot it was a team of assassins that were run by e howard hunt he was like a cia uh, you know he, he worked in the gray area he would hire mafia type uh people to help him do things so that uh, if the mafia guys you know got caught the government could say well we had nothing to do with it interest so this is part of a larger cabal a, a, a bigger a bigger uh, conspiracy, conspiracy if you will to eliminate martin luther king way back in 1968 well yeah it was the, the martin luther king thing just led me to to the JFK thing, and, and beyond that, even though it was, yeah, it was a it was a team that it was people who just absolutely did not want the Vietnam War to end. They they could not afford it. The, the mafia was making about thirty billion dollars a year from the heroin pipeline, which came out of Burma down the Mekong Delta and then through the South China Seas. And the military, our military, being there, protected their their pipeline and. And the mafia definitely didn't want the Vietnam War to end, and neither did the military-industrial complex. This ties everybody together? This seems like your investigation into this is who's left out at this point, for God's sakes. Well, I mean, I, I solved it myself, but uh, but at the same time, my brother got killed. Bill Sullivan got killed, got shot and killed a week before he was to testify. So, so, so I, my, my family was threatened. I was threatened that my wife and kids would be killed if I didn't shut up and leave things alone. So I had to kind of go dark for about 20 years. What, what was the relationship with the House Select Committee on Assassinations, and, and wh where did that lead, or what became of those hearings? Well, they did They did finally say, I mean, the, the government itself said that there was a conspiracy. Uh, there, our final report, the House Assassination final report, was there was a conspiracy, but they still clung to the thing that James was involved. I got where I called him Jimmy, <laughs> and uh, Jimmy was involved. And actually, uh, he wasn't even at the at the rooming house when the shot was fired. He was about three blocks, a few blocks away, at a service station, uh, on the phone with Carlos Marcello at the. Carlos had his office at Town and Country Motel in New Orleans, and he was on the phone with Carlos just just a few minutes before the shot was fired, and then he was on his way back to the, the hotel when when the shot was actually fired. Um, and we are talking to Special Investigator Gary Revel on the MLK assassination. Now, is there a movie coming out on this? On what yeah, you there ought to be? We're, we're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, pretty amazing revelations and uh, uh, pretty amazing accusations. But so, uh, okay, again, the parts of it that I know. So here's another question. Was James Earl Ray involved in any way, or is he just a patsy? He, he was involved. He was uh, he was actually uh, busted out of the uh, uh, 
Je- Jefferson, uh, the, the Springfield, I'm sorry, the Springfield prison in Missouri, uh, they, they got him out of there and got him into Canada. He met with E. Howard Hunt and Lucci and Sari, who was running the mafia operation up there in Canada. And that's where uh, they, they set him up. They started playing him and, and uh, moving him around the country, preparing him to take the fall. Of course, he didn't know that's what he was being set up to do. He thought he was just another mob guy. Wow. Well, Gary, I really appreciate your time with us today. Thank you for your uh, your insight into this, and we're going to uh, pay attention to it. It sounds like it'd be a hell of a movie, to say the least. He's Gary Revel, uh, investigative reporter, been working since 1977 on this, uh, um, uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King and how deep it goes and the the different people involved in it. I got to tell you, I mean, for, for being such a monumental... Um, uh, moment event, event mm-hmm. in in American history. I admit I don't know nearly as much about that as I do from some of the other big assassinations out there. Yeah. yeah, you know, I feel like I know so much more about like JFK. Right, right, and but it's funny that they're both with the conspiracy theories because there's just too many questions. Yeah, right, I mean, yeah. and that's what that's how where you get to the conspiracy theories. Well, when you yeah, people tend to fill in the parts that mm-hmm. you can't answer in some way, shape, or form. But uh, uh, Gary had access to, uh, to to James Earl Ray in prison uh, for over a year, and a lot of this comes from interviews w- with him as well. So wow. basically, mm-hmm. the mafia in drugs involved in so, yeah, 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 which you know. Well, listen, we 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 had the the JFK guy on. I still think there's more questions with the JFK. I still, right. without yeah, a which doubt, which is uh, on purpose, right? Yeah, so that's what they did. I mean, without a doubt. There you go. How hot is too hot? Bruce, Judy, and Cheese here. Seriously, at, at what point are, is it just warm around here? I'd say uh, in the nineties. Yeah, we're gonna get there. Yeah, we hardly ever. We're pretty say darn that, close. We're, we're we're so used to being having crappy weather that we even put up with that yeah, yeah. The, yeah the, the warm is something different the heat is something different and listen whether you whatever you what do you believe in is irrelevant the reality is it is getting warm yeah <laughs> like oh, you mean around the globe everywhere yeah. it's yeah, just getting warmer yes, and and places that didn't used to be as warm are much warmer i was in phoenix on saturday mm-hmm. it was 111 on Saturday, it's going to be like one nineteen this week. I think that just seems dangerous. I would tell you that that is, and as is somebody that, who is, likes the heat, that's really hot. Is yeah. it? Is, it's have, hard to breathe. Have you never had those kind of temperatures before? Um, we have, but we have in Phoenix. They're having them more often. Mm. It's coming more, and that's the problem. You can do it once in a while, right? But yeah. when you have that heat. That goes on and on. I mean, we had a heat wave here. Yeah, it was, it's been like that. 20 years, but it was bad. They can be deadly. People, yeah, oh, we, yeah. had so, we had hundreds of yeah. deaths. If you don't have air conditioning, yeah. if you if you don't have the ability to cool off, it, you know, heat can be deadly. Yeah. But when it gets hot, people head out to the water. That's a thing, right? right. Oh, absolutely. Cool off in the lake, right? But right. that brings about its own issues, Judy. Right. I mean, already this, so this season, it's not even really officially summer, but mm-hmm. six people were rescued after a boat crashed into the break wall near Navy Pier. It has happened over and over and over it's again. It's a wall! Uh, How but do you know you, what? If there's a huge <laughs> body of water, how did you manage to run into the only bleeping solid thing out there? Here's the thing about Lake Michigan. Come on, man. It's not like any <laughs> other lake you're used to. It's a huge body of water. Yeah, but big swells out there, which makes running into things even stupider. Well, yeah, (laughs) 
When you have, you know, when you have waves crashing over the break wall a lot of times, so you can't see it. A lot of these things oh. happen at dusk or at night when people are out on the lake. So I'm they probably captain. shouldn't be. You know, right. on top of everything else, I'm yeah. no captain. one was seriously right. injured, which was good. And a woman who went swimming um, off of Foster Avenue Beach there was, had to be rescued because, again, the lake, like the ocean, pulled her out too far. Yeah, you think of it more like an ocean than a lake. But as a boat captain, I can tell you that it is embarrassing to run into things out in the middle of a large body of water. Yeah, I would imagine. Like you almost have to aim for it. Did you literally? (laughs) Did you aim for it at that point? Because how did you not? You you would just miss each other just by the luck of the draw. You know. Yeah. Uh, So it almost it seems purposeful, but that is something where every year here. it's like water safety. And, and, you know, the same thing goes for pools and whatnot. People who it, maybe don't have very good swimming skills. Mm-hmm. Mm, right? right. But don't forget, at pools, at the beaches, you do have um, lifeguards. Yes. But people tend to swim off the rocks. off the You know, they go somewhere where there aren't lifeguards, and they're not good swimmers. And I never, ever, ever understand, understand the people who jump into the lake right. on days when they say, don't go in the lake. It's it's windy, 50-mile-an-hour winds. The, I mean, we have sometimes 20 to 30-foot waves. No. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No. 20 to, yes. 20 yes. to 30 feet? Come people on. People jump pier. You can't even, like the rocks, you can't even see them, and people still, they'll go out on piers. Waves are coming over, and they get swept into the lake. I'm not kidding you. Okay, let me look. I don't think I've seen a 20 or 30-foot wave. How high do waves get <laughs> <Okay. laughs> 20 to 22 feet i know that's a really big wave that's i'm just trying way. to impress upon you it's it's a really big like wave. when my kids were little we would go vacation on the michigan side every day they would be like i'm gonna go to the ocean i'm gonna go the, i would even get caught up in that because it's yeah. like the ocean and we have things here that you may not be familiar the with undertowed Bruce. Oh, the, the riptide. Not the undertoad. <laughs> the undertoad will get you. Have yeah. you ever been towed under? Yeah. It is so scary. It is ridiculous. So these are riptides? No, yeah. I'm, I'm aware. Oh, okay. I'm a really good swimmer. Oh, good. And um, I, I let it take me. You don't fight it. Go ahead and let it take you out a right, little bit. Pop right. up and swim back. No problem. That's, that's what happens. People I don't panic. panic. Parallel, parallel, to, the parallel to the shore. Yeah. 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 I'm not, a, I was not in, a panicker. I was in like knee-deep water one time. I swear it wasn't even. A big wave came up behind me. Knocked me over. Yeah. I turned around Let's so many times. I saw. Here I am in the shallow water, turning around, and I was panicking and flailing about. And kids were like playing with their, you know, sand buckets. It was pretty hilarious. <laughs> I like popped up, like oh, I couldn't breathe. It was hilarious. Oh, it was bad. They tell the same story. We were out there flopping around, and mom's just sitting there drinking a drinking a wine and watching us. <laughs> yeah, mom's yeah, got a box of wine. Because exactly. you don't want to bring glass to the beach. Yeah, so the box of wine bring is box wine. Oh yeah. yeah, you guys are you guys are all about water safety right now. So unfortunately, no we will have many drownings. Yeah, like you we do every them, year. Yeah. It's sad. It's people who are not good swimmers, and they just they don't. You, you know, you have to respect the lake. People you don't do. respect the you lake. You have to yeah. respect the water, respect the lake. You have to. It's and just, if you're it's if dangerous. you're boating, you know things like you know one of the things that when we take the boat out, you can make sure you have enough life preservers for everybody on board. Like, don't mm-hmm. assume mm-hmm. because people tend to, some people panic and some th- bad things can happen. I don't think you need a license to operate a boat, do you? I have one because of uh, yeah. how big a boat. And, yeah. and it shows. Our, it shows a, in the summer yeah. in Chicago I, when you see these boaters. I have my skipper's license. Mm. It's technically not a captain's license. I can become a captain 
it requires more work, but a skipper's license allows me to operate a, a boat that large. And I think it's over you, 50 feet be, with more than 10 or 12 people on board. And I think if you become wow. a captain, you can then marry people on board. Yes, that ah, is. I think that wouldn't be wow. the reason I become there a captain <laughs> is to marry people. But yeah, there is that uh, comes along. Come on, with side thing. hustle. Yeah, a side, side hustle. hustle. Captain Bruce's weddings on a boat. I think yeah. you have to be you have to be like uh, eleven miles offshore. Also, I think it's oh, the uh, international waters ah. or something like that. Or I can, where my where my authority kicks in. <laughs> you will authority. respect my authority. I like the sound of Captain Bruce's uh, weddings. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Not at all. Do be careful around the water, pretty please. please yeah. All right, uh, and not, again, not just the lake, which is uniquely different, but also uh, keep an eye around people around the pools. One thing I learned a long time ago: two seconds is too long. Take your eye off the kids for two seconds—that's too long, uh, especially around water. Yeah. Do be safe this summer, pretty please for all of us. Joel Patterson is a workplace expert joining us right now. And Joel, this court case kind of aside, this is this is a debate that's happening all around the country right now. And and give me some background as to how people are dealing with it. Yeah, it is definitely happening to just about everyone at this point. And it's a it's a weird topic, uh, as, as everyone is well aware, because who wants to be responsible for telling somebody that they have to put something inside of them? Okay. Um, but on the other hand, you're also, as an employer, responsible for making sure that your other employees are safe, your clients are safe. And so a lot of, especially small businesses, are, are really kind of wondering, what do we do about this? Whether it's, it's legal to require it or not, it's really more of a culture decision when it comes to your organization and deciding how invasive you want to be with your policies. Do you think that eventually most companies will be mandating the vaccination for their employees? I think it's going to be an interesting mix. I think it'll be a, 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 probably pretty close to down the middle, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you think about schools, all right, and, and to send your kid to school, you have to have proof of your vaccinations. And it's not that much different than what we're talking about here. Yet people are not, I mean, it, whether it's, it's politics or whether it's science, I don't know. Everybody has their own personal opinion, but people clearly have an issue with it. And, um, and even though the, the from a legal perspective, there's it's, it's pretty well documented and there's there's um, there's plenty of, of other uh, case history to to w- up or withhold the uh, 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 the uh, what am I trying to say? uh the, the the there's there's precedence that's the word i'm looking mm-hmm. for there's precedent so we know that that is going to absolutely be the case in the future and the businesses can't continue to do it as long as they are not discriminating against somebody because of a disability uh religious belief or if they're pregnant um so as long as you're not violating those then it's within your rights to be able to to require it and to let them go if they choose not to do so. Joel Patterson is a workplace expert joining us right now. It, it strikes me, Joel, and are we seeing that it might break down by industries as well? While I can understand maybe a hospital mandating it for the safety of literally everybody who sets foot in the hospital as well as their employees, there might be other places where you'd say it's just maybe not as necessary. So, uh, you know, are certain industries more more likely to head in this direction? For sure. Uh, I think organizations that are able to support a predominantly remote workforce are not going to be as concerned about the vaccination as those that are maybe in manufacturing and they're around each other every single day. So it's going to it's going to fall into the industry. It's going to fall into the types of employees that you have and how much they actually interact with one another. Uh, You've really got to decide how important it is to your organization to decide whether or not it's worth that argument, because once you start opening that up, 
uh, you're going to open yourself up to other areas, too. They may have nothing to do with COVID or the vaccination. If you start mandating certain rules, people are going to look at that and say, well, if they're not able to do that or if they're allowed to do this, then what about me? What about mm. this other issue over here? And, and, and employers really got to think about how much effort they want to put into that. So do you think if companies do start mandating it that workers who don't want to be vaccinated will just quit? I mean, do you think there will be a big influx of, you know, unemployed or do you think they'll probably just get the well, vaccine? Well, you might have like uh, people be... that go work for the vaccinated company or people that work for the unvaccinated company, right? Right, right. But yeah. I think when push comes to shove, do you think workers will get vaccinated if they have to? You know, it's an interesting point because right now there is a lot of turnover happening in the world of, of business. Uh, it doesn't. It, it's it's weird in that in that you know, COVID. You'd think people wouldn't want to be changing jobs, but the opposite is happening. Everybody is looking around. It's almost like people have become emboldened that all right, I've I've, I've survived a year of change. Now I can take that and say I, maybe I want to go look at something else. Hmm. Or maybe they were planning to quit before COVID, uh, and they just put that on hold until things got a little bit more settled. But there's a lot of people in certain industries, healthcare, technology, where the, there's 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 companies throwing around pretty big raises, and uh, it's hard for people to avoid that or to ignore that, and and so they're jumping ship. So if you if you're worried about that in your organization, this is going to be another uh, thing that people can use to say, you know what, I don't agree with that policy, and it's time for me to move on. Yeah, just to add uh, that so to like, the just list. Like Methodist Hospital uh, just had the experience with mm-hmm. they uh, they have to have a, a the policy. But what is the punishment? And in this mm. case, they get fired. Wow. And, and Joel, help me understand a little bit. Again, we can even move away from specifically the COVID vaccine. Employers, how much latitude do they have to mandate certain things? I, I, I'm thinking along the lines of like uh, drug testing in order to to work here or, 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 or keep your job, et cetera, et cetera. It, do they have this ability? Are these court cases going to stand? Well, for public companies, certainly they will. Uh, private companies have a lot more leeway in, in what they do and don't do as far as their, their employee policies. But, but yeah, I mean, I think this is, this is here for good. Whatever ultimately happens in the courts is going to drive how we ultimately respond to it in public. Uh, I, 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 but I believe, honestly, that organizations are going to continue to mandate it if they feel it's important to their, to their consumers and uh, and there's really not a whole lot that the, the public can do about it or the employees can do about it except get on board or, or look for a new new job. And this um, this case in Houston, do you think that's the the beginning? I mean, is this where companies may be waiting for some first first, like the first case? domino? Yeah, type the first thing? domino yeah. to fall, and then they feel maybe a little bit more secure in in, in mandating. That's exactly what's happening. They're going to sit back and and not invest the funds. I'm sure that most companies are are taking a look at their policies and making sure that they understand them and, and determining whether or not they need an update. Uh, but they're certainly going to wait back, let the courts run, the, run through the, the system and see exactly what happens with Methodist Hospital and then kind of jump on board after that. Joel, thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. He's Joel Patterson, a workplace expert on your, uh, your employer, your boss, uh, having the ability to mandate a vaccine. And, 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 I've seen the legal debate, if you will, and we saw it play out a little bit at this hospital in Texas, that employers have a lot of latitude and it falls under basically um, worker safety. 
for the same reason, you know, uh, uh, there's a variety. Yeah, you might have an eye wash station mm-hmm. at your uh, at your place of work. You've got fire extinguishers. What you know? I mean, like workplace safety, yeah. and and that it extends to things like a vaccine during a pandemic. And so far, so far. The courts have sided with the with the employers. Right. But Joel had he brought up a good uh, point and actually a really I I love this word he used emboldened Mm. workers are like, okay, I might want to get vaccinated. I'll just leave. I mean, this is a time in history where it's all in the workers lap. It seems to be right. Seems to be because of what's been going on. All these, you know, various things that are happening all at the same time. So while you're right, while I think, of course, businesses can do what they want. Right. They they have. Their own rules and regulations. They can tell you what to wear to work. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's dress code. Yeah. But will. But workers, like you mentioned, putting yeah. something in your body is a step past. Got to wear a colored work, yeah. shirt. And not uh, even that. You know, yeah, it's, it's, I feel it's like a step workers, past haircut. Yeah, you workers know? don't need a lot to say adios. Hey, good morning. Thanks for spending some time with us today. It's Bruce, Judy and Cheese. And as we learned yesterday from Pastor Corey Brooks, happy Juneteenth. I think is the mm-hmm. is that the uh, uh, yeah, went official greeting? I think so. Yeah, I, I asked him I that was, specifically. He said yes. I was lobbying for Mary. Yeah, you were, uh, and it did not did not <laughs> it's not catching on. Didn't catch on, yeah. Uh, but there's still time, right? Juneteenth is um, I, you would say technically it's June nineteenth, and it is the uh, a day of celebration commemorating. The end of slavery, although the date itself, it's a little complicated. We're learning about this. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know a lot about Juneteenth, you're not alone. You're not alone. It's relatively new in, in, the, in the way we're learning about it. So the Emancipation Proclamation, President Lincoln mm-hmm. signed, freeing the slaves. And this is a long time ago. Apparently, they didn't have the interwebs back then, or even very good newspapers, because it took two years <laughs> yeah. for the news to get to parts of Texas. So basically, um, June 19th is the date in which the last slaves were freed. Mm-hmm. Like Galveston, Texas? Is that, that, like by the time it finally got down to there. It was like Union troops by the time they finally got there. Fair enough. Um, to enforce it. But here's something good. It is not a federal holiday. Uh, it was passed by the House years ago. It has not been voted on in the Senate. And I don't know why. I thought it was a holiday in the state of Illinois. Judy, it's not. No. But no it's it, not a day off holiday. Right. It's not a state holiday. It will be next year, apparently, because the governor has said he will sign a bill that is now sitting on his desk, making it so. The legislature has already approved it. You would think, I would think, that the city of Chicago would have been like out front on this. But Mayor Lightfoot initially was opposed to making Juneteenth a city holiday, adding another she blocked it last paid year. day off, right? Yeah, right. I'll give her credit for at least pretending to care about the fiscal responsibility that that Chicago is dealing with. A year ago, she said it could cost the city of Chicago $100 million. Well, that's the price more today, right? Right. A year later. So I don't think she was pretending. I think she was just 
um, the PR movement got ahead of her a little bit. I think she had no other choice. Mayor Lightfoot is changing her tune on Juneteenth being a city holiday. I don't know if Friday off is going to change any of that. It granted. doesn't sound very happy. I was going to say, wow, she, man, uh, she that is not happy Juneteenth, no. is it? She was 411 mm. fired up, man. I was yeah. going to say, she is a Five little... Five feet tall on that Ouch. rant. Ouch. Um, <laughs> so, Juneteenth is a company holiday for us. Yeah. yeah. Wait, now, it's not... Is it up to each state? It's not. You said yes, it's not a federal, not a federal holiday, holiday, so it's so up to each states, state. Yeah, states can make it a state holiday. Yes, some individual states have made it a holiday. Okay. The state of New York, for example, uh, it is a state holiday. Uh, Virginia. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Those are the two where it's a state holiday that I could say. Hmm. Now, that means... Again, there's like these different things. This Friday in Chicago is the observance of Juneteenth. It's just not a paid day off. Yeah. Do do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that it's not happening or that it's not a holiday. It's just not on the same level as Christmas. So city employees will be working this year. This year. Yeah. Next year, if... Governor Pritzker signs, which we expect him to do. This still gets back to the argument I've been making all along, and I really think my idea is still the best. Well, I think all my ideas are the best. I Different people want to celebrate different things. Mm-hmm. Some pe- Juneteenth might be really important to some people, and good for you. Others, it may not mean anything to. Could say the same for Christmas. Yeah. Could say the same for President's Day. St. Patrick's Could say the same for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. That's not a pig name. No, I know what I'm just saying. I'm. I think you should get to pick and choose your holidays, but you just only get a set number of them. Like you get five holiday pick days. Pick the ones you want. Pick the ones. They're your holidays. Just pick them, and that's how we should do it. As opposed to just keep adding more and more holidays. Yeah, no, I want all the holidays because like as holidays. we keep adding them, well, I don't, I care about it as a taxpayer. As we keep adding more and more holidays, you have city, state, federal workers working less, less, and less. And still making the same amount of money, just getting more days off. Okay, how about unpaid holidays? What do you mean? We don't pay them. We just you have a holiday, but you don't yeah, pay. That would go employees. over big. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you should. Be you, so you only Bruce to... gets unpaid holidays. The rest of us get paid. What number we're up to? Yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think. You know, I think, I think. What are we up to? Do we know? I think nine is a nine? solid number. Okay. But but because here's the thing, you're assuming, and, and maybe that's the problem, yeah. the assumption is that everyone celebrates the same things. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so why don't we just get to pick and choose the holidays that are important to us that you want to celebrate? Still like my idea. And it also takes into account that we can't just keep paying everybody not to work yeah. Yeah. at some point, especially in the city Sounds of Chicago, nice, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, I think state right? employees have a lot more holidays than we do. Mm. Hey, good morning to you. Happy Tuesday. Let's kick off the 8 o'clock hour. Take a look at the big stories that everyone is talking about. Hey, I'll start it off. That fire still burning in Rockton. Amazing enough, a chemical plant that makes uh, uh, industrial lubricants or whatever yeah. continues to blaze away. And they're going to they're gonna let it keep burning for fear of the water they pour on it running off into the water supply. Jeez. Ooh, yeah. A Olympic runner has been banned from the Olympics. Oh. Testing positive for steroids, she blames a pork burrito. What? 
So if you're an Olympic athlete, don't eat a pork burrito. Oof, who would? Why would you? At least seven people have been shot in Inglewood. Police say there was an argument inside a home in the 6200 block of South Morgan. Mm. We're following that story. That we are. So, you know, I think there is a, a narrative out there that as we get back to old normal, Friday being a reopening, I think we all witnessed in some way, shape or form people getting back out and about. Parks are full. Yeah. Crowds down at the beach, Navy Pier, folks in line to go to restaurants, whatever it might be, that we're kind of back. All right, yeah. hey, you know, kind of turn the page. But maybe some of the uh, the details are not are not such. Joining us right now uh, is Doctor Orfe Defungi, the chief economist at the nonpartisan Illinois Policy Institute, and. The numbers, like I just mentioned, doctor, don't bear out that we are back 100%. What are you guys seeing as far as businesses and businesses reopening fully here in the state? Yeah, so so first we, we good morning. It's good to be morning. with you. Um, you know, the, the first thing I want to say is, you know, it, it, it's a good thing that we're finally uh, reopening here, in here. Illinois. You know, we've we've had the longest probably the longest and one of the most uh, difficult, uh, you know, strict lockdowns in the country. Uh, and so, uh, and so of course the numbers show that, right? So we're, we're lagging other states in terms of, in terms of our recovery, uh, where I think the sixth slowest in terms of job creation since the bottom uh, back in uh, April of last year. And, uh, and only about, I, I think 39% of, uh, businesses uh, we've lost 39% of businesses relative really? to where we were yeah that's right 39% of small businesses are still closed are not no longer open when compared to when we were um before covid-19 that sounds like a huge number yeah it is it is a huge number i mean you know it's more it's, for, it's more than one third of businesses right so so it's uh, you know if you think about you know one in three a little bit over one in three one in four businesses gone uh because of covid-19 wow. and that was ex- and that was expected right so if you, you think about the the leisure and hospitality sector you think about food and accommodations and everything they had to go through right shutting their doors uh, some of them being able to open uh, outside you know you know you had these streets that were closed in chicago to try to let uh some of these restaurants uh, cater to people on the street right um you know with our severe winters uh, in the state of Illinois, a lot of these businesses had to close down, uh, and we we expected that. I think there was a report that came out last year, uh, midway through last year, that said most businesses, most uh, business owners in the food industry did not expect to stay open more than six if the lockdown lasted more than six months. Mm-hmm. And, and so, of course, we had this long, prolonged lockdown in Illinois, uh, and so many have gone under. Uh, and and you know, I, I'm hopeful that. You know, as the recovery gets underway, you know, we're going to see a lot of these businesses come back. Ah. So, there, yeah, that was my question, actually. They, they're not shut down maybe for good. They just haven't reopened yet. Yeah, I mean, we don't know that, right? We don't have that information. A lot of many businesses have shut down for good. Uh, we suspect 
but we're hopeful that, you know, as demand, consumer demand picks up, right? So you said people are out and about, you know, if you go to shopping malls, you can see that people yeah. are shopping. Uh, you know, people got their, those stimulus checks in. Uh, we had the extended, extended unemployment benefits. So people are shopping. People are out and about. So hopefully that's going to help uh, kind of bring back some of these uh, businesses that were cash starved, right? So businesses that lost all, so much revenue throughout the year. Uh, hopefully that will get the activity going again. Uh, so we're, we're hopeful. Uh, the problem, of course, is with the prolonged lockdown, other states have picked up, uh, activity has picked up in other states, mm-hmm. in other states, and Illinois continues to lag. Uh, and so, you know, with no reforms in Illinois, we expect that uh, even at the, you know, even when we're back, right, even we've, when we fully recovered, uh, we're still going to be behind other states in terms of opportunities for the jobless. And we are talking to Dr. Orfe Defungi. Uh, did I, say, I hope Defungi, Defungi? Defungi, that's right. Defungi, okay. You, Chief you Econ- got it right the first time. Uh, <laughs> always. I don't know why I ever don't myself. Yeah. Chief <laughs> economist at the uh, Illinois Policy Institute. So the the businesses, though, in Illinois that have opened, are you finding that they, even though they're open, they might not be opened all the way, and they're, certainly their business model may have changed in terms of fewer employees, you know, less using less space, that sort of thing? So it's it's clear that there's been some changes, right? So we see when you look at the the, the Chicago area, right? You look at the Loop, for example. You know, uh, activity is still way down, right? So uh, we're talking about maybe twenty percent of what it used to be before COVID nineteen. Mm. Uh, so uh, so we know there's going to be there's been a lot of changes, you know, with with the uh, ascent of remote work, right? People are working remotely. Uh, employers might be struggling to bring workers back into yeah. the workplace. Uh, but, you know, the most affected businesses were really, in, you know, in the food services, the hotels, accommodation. And in those industries, we see, that, you know, across the country, at least, we see that quit rates are high. We see that uh, uh, that people are moving to other sectors uh, also. Right. So maybe it's, it's going to be hard for some of these food businesses to bring back workers who have maybe decided to. Uh, to go in, uh, and start working in a completely different industry. Uh, so that's, a, that's also something that's holding back the recovery. Uh, another thing that was holding back the recovery up until now was uh, the lack of in-person schooling, uh, yeah. maybe holding back mothers uh, from oh. getting back into the workforce, for getting back to work. Uh, so that was another issue. Uh, and so, you know, we had the lockdown. We had the lack of in-person schooling. Uh, that we're holding back uh, workers. We're talking ag- again to the chief economist at the nonpartisan Illinois Policy Institute, Dr. Orfe Defungi. And, and, and doctor, I just want to finish with, with this. What industries are doing well? We, we know hospitality, food industries have been struggling, but some have to be, uh, is thriving too strong a word? Are we seeing certain sectors or certain industries that have really either bounced back or maybe never took the hit? Yeah, that's a good question. I haven't actually looked in those numbers. That's a Fair very enough. good question. So I'm, I'm going to go and look at those numbers. <laughs> well, maybe it's got to <laughs> exist somewhere, right? Back, Doc. <laughs> in, in terms of industries, yeah. But what we know, I'll, I'll tell you what we know. We know that, uh, you know, in terms of workers, individuals who had, uh, you know, were highly educated, were able to work from home, uh, did not and did, did not suffer as much, right? Did not lose uh, much from 
the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, in fact, some of the, these individuals, you know, a lot of these families actually saw a raise in 2020 uh, because, there, you know, a couple things happened. First, they got stimulus checks when uh, they had not even lost their jobs in the first place. Mm-hmm. They got, uh, they saw an increase in their housing prices, which increases uh, household wealth. Right. So we saw a surge in housing prices, you know, especially for uh, people outside of the cities and the suburbs. Uh, and so, you know, some of these, you know, more affluent families actually did really well. You know, yeah. we saw the stock market surging. Sure. Right. We we saw we saw, you know, the bitcoins of the world increase uh, tremendously during that time period. And so we saw a huge increase in, in household savings at the top end while uh, the bottom was kind of just scraping by trying to get out of the on the other side of this pandemic. And, and so, you know, in Illinois, what's really unfortunate is that, uh, you know, when we pass a budget and 25% of our budget is committed to pay for uh, rising pension costs, uh, we get some stimulus money from the federal government and we still end up uh, and we raise taxes, by the way, because oh, yeah. the state of Illinois actually raised taxes on businesses at a time where they cash. Remember, they cash starve. They're trying to re- recover from the pandemic. And if they don't recover, we can't get uh, in the workers back to work. They can't create the jobs needed to get workers back to back to work. So at that time, when we, we raised taxes, we did all these things. We still ended up with a, a budget deficit. Yeah, right? it's like a perfect storm for disaster. Right? Do- Doctor, thank you very much. We sincerely appreciate your insight into this. And uh, and again, I'm still I'm just struck by a number. Thirty nine percent of Illinois businesses still closed, mm. even as the state kind of reopened fully. Celebrating out yeah. there. I mean, it's just a stunning number out there. And we know that there's some of them that w- it may never come back. Yeah, and what sadly. what does that continue to look like? Hey, good morning. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese with you, and I'm I'm a fan of a lot of these true crime documentaries. I even started listening to some of these these podcasts. I don't know what it is about them. Like yeah, you I are. find it very fascinating. Well, I'm also fascinated by serial killers, but that's a whole another another mm. uh, kettle of fish, I suppose. By the way, <laughs> who has kettles of fish? Who does that? <laughs> Uh, joining us right now, though, is Jeff Ballinger, and uh, and Jeff, you have a, a pretty amazing th- Shock Docs is the series, and the new one, The Devil Made Me Do It, came out just last week. First off, Jeff, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. So tell me a little bit about The Devil Made Me Do It and its connection to the movie The Conjuring. So uh, uh, The Conjuring 3 movie just came out, and it's also called The Devil Made Me Do It, and it's a case that Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, who are featured in all the Conjuring movies uh, as the investigators, um, portrayed, I should say, not featured. (laughs) Um, It's a case that was a big one for them. And this one's kind of personal for me because I grew up in Newtown, Connecticut, which is where this whole haunting started, and I knew Ed and Lorraine Warren since I was 12 years old. So I kind of grew up around them. And yeah, so this is a case of uh, a family that dealt with the demonic possession of their young uh, brother slash son, David, who was only 11 years old. And then uh, uh, his older sister's boyfriend, Arnie Johnson, was in the house at the time. Uh, They eventually moved out. And then there was ultimately a murder. Um, And Ed Lorraine Warren tried to go to court to claim that, hey, this guy is not responsible for the murder because he was demonically possessed. They tried to put the devil on trial. Did it work? Uh, it did not. It did not work, <laughs> amazingly <laughs> it enough. Work. It's, has it been used since as a defense, I'm going to assume? 
Well, no, but here's the thing. In the court of public opinion, maybe it did work because this was 1980. And I know it's hard for us to put our brains back there, but there was no Internet. There was no cable TV with 20, you know, ghost hunting reality shows. There was none of that. This was, I mean, traditional media, newspapers, radio. Sounds terrifying back then. Right, no. <laughs> right. So, so in the court of public opinion, Ed and Lorraine Warren saw this as an opportunity to not just uh, try to get this guy off of murder, but to prove their whole life's work. Like to go into a court with demonologists and priests and bishops and say, hey, this stuff is real. I mean, you put your hand on the Bible and swear to tell the whole truth, so help you God. So the court believes in God. Doesn't the court have to believe in the devil? And that was their objective. Mm. Let's let's make let's get this going. Let's let's prove what we do is real. And so I think they were coming at it from they had ulterior motives, to say the least, mm. not just to get this guy off. Right. Well, and even though they, they didn't win, it does sound like it sounds like a good argument to me. No, I know, I know, but but think about it. Had they won, anybody ever accused of murder? Ever, right, right. Yeah. What, what, yeah. Of course you couldn't set that precedent. Interesting I precedent, yes. I didn't do it. I was demonically possessed at the time of the crime. And and by the way, anyone who murders someone in a fit of rage or passion, who loses their cool to that extent, of course they're not in their right mind at of that course. moment. Yeah. yeah, nobody is. None of them. And and we all understand rage, right? We've all driven in rush hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? We know what it's like to just like, oh, I would kill that guy who just cut me off. But we don't. We don't kill that guy. We take we take a breath and we calm down. Uh, that's what most of us do. But some people don't. But this is different because this guy was exposed. Arnie Johnson was exposed to something really horrible, something that really shook up a family, something you would have never heard of if not for this murder, right? I mean, this would have just been quietly dealt with by the family, by the Warrens, by the church, and that would have been put behind him. But once the murder happened, it got into the papers and then into a book and now into a movie – now forget about it. Now it's now it's gone to pop pop culture, and and we'll be talking about it forever. Well, now because people have seen the movie, Jeff, they can watch the true story behind it. Shock Docs, the Devil Made Me Do It. Where, where can I find this? It's on Discovery Plus streaming right this very minute, and uh, and I'm grateful that with this one, I've I've been a part of uh, four of the Shock Docs now, right. but with this one, we got to get it out within like a week of the uh, the movie coming out. Right. So at least at least you have the opportunity to find out what really happened. You can see the theatrical uh, so representation. So should we see the movie first and then watch this? Ooh. I've been having this debate for like a week now. Which <laughs> it, it's like, you know, if you're watching Star Wars, where do you start? You know, oh. uh, and so, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think on the one hand, if you watch the Hollywood movie and it says based on a true story, they take a lot of liberties. Sure. So, Maybe have the fun ride of the Hollywood movie first, and then if you really want to know what happened, watch ours. I think I think the documentary in many ways is more frightening because it, it, it's, you know. It's real. It's real. Because yeah. it's real. a documentary, right. Yeah. A family lived this. You know, it's not Oof. just trying to, like, give you scares at every turn like a like a movie. I mean, this is this is how it is. I mean, real horror isn't nonstop blood dripping out of the walls. We would no. just walk out of that house, right? right. The movie would be over in 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> right? Yep, I'm moving out. Gone. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, roll the credits. Exactly. You, know? you walk in and go, there's blood coming out of the walls. We're gone. Yeah, okay. yeah. that's that. You know, no no need. And then, wow. but, you know, but, but with, in real life, things can calm down for a little bit. And then you yeah. think it's over, but you're not quite relaxed. And then Oof. it starts again. And you're just always on edge. You're, you're never yourself. You're never comfortable in your home where you live. And, and, it's, and, and then we get into a big subject of religion and gods and demons and free will and all this other stuff that surrounds uh, all this. And, you know, in full disclosure, I was raised Roman Catholic. So the Catholic boy in me was petrified. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. Jeff, thank you so much for your time and, and continued great uh, success with Shock Docs, the new version, The Devil Made Me Do It, streaming on Discovery Plus right now, uh, based on the story. It, it is the, the story, story of yeah. the movie The Conjuring. Thanks a lot, Jeff. We appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Yeah. And, and again, keep in mind, the first time in U.S. history that demonic forces were used as a defense in a criminal murder trial. Unsuccessfully. Oh, okay, but lay. <laughs> they tried. Not yeah. guilty by reason of Satan. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine try. that 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 uh, precedent? That would have said. Maybe they should have mm. had the judge watch the movie. Yeah. Oh, huh? Look at this. It's Ramon Aguirre with us right now with Bella Notte. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Excellent, sir. Excellent. So, classic Italian. What does that mean at Bella Notte? Well, that means food that when you go to your grandmother's house on Sunday. Nice. <laughs> I don't have an Italian grandma, so tell me what that is. That means you better get one little piece of bread and sneak some sauce before she doesn't catch you. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Sneak that's the delicious. sauce. Oh, I love this. That's how with I the wooden spoon. I have to off pastas every day, so, but I smell that garlic and oil just go right past me, and I can't help myself. Can't help myself. That is fantastic. Tell us a little bit about, about your restaurant. How, how long have you guys been around? A little of the history of Bellinote. Well, in August, we will be there 26 years strong. Congratulations. We opened in 95, August of 1995. Um, it's a family business. My brother, my father, and myself are still there on a day-to-day basis. My father, obviously, being our chef, he's also named Ramon. So it's pretty easy. Uh, we do Everything's made from scratch. He oversees all the preparation, every dish coming out, and everything's made to order, freshest ingredients, best quality meats, vegetables, seafood we can get. Obviously, we've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is kind of what we uh, fell in love with and what we do well. And are all your recipes based on Grandma in that kitchen? <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, uh, they are. So when my father first started working in restaurants, he worked for Gennady's, and uh, that was in uh, Roosevelt Road, and I can't remember if that's Franklin Park or Forest Park over there. All right, that's where he learned everything. So if you mm-hmm. ever ate at Gennady's. On, the Frank, on uh, Roosevelt Road, on Cumberland, or any of the Rosebud restaurants, maybe in the early uh, 80s to early 90s, they, those were all our recipes. They, they've been carrying the same recipes wow. for a good 50-plus years, and we're still serving them today, and there's still not one recipe written down. Really? Yeah, he, he won't tell anybody. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Well, I love that. He won't tell anybody. He won't tell anybody. He, he won't tell me. He won't even tell, he won't even tell his grandson. You don't need that. to know. Forget I hope, about I it. I hope Forget he has it written down it. somewhere, though, so we can pass that on at some point. He He's more of like a pinch here, a punch there. <laughs> right. Taste it. The Got best. A little more salt. But yeah, I mean, we have a good basis, and we do we do have some guys that know the the base things. But there's always something that he leaves out that he won't tell anybody. So if if I go to Bella Note and I'm and I'm not Italian, sh- should I get the pasta? Is that what I should always get when I go to an Italian restaurant? Well, it all depends on what you like. Personally, me, I I'm a big. Our food is southern Italian, so that's a little bit more Mediterranean, a lot more seafood. Okay, mm. I love mussels and clams. Anywhere I go, that's the first thing I check out. 
That's kind of the, the the barometer, if you will, is what you say. And and I I I, I want to dig into that a little bit. The different styles of Italian. So Southern Italian, you say a little more seafood based. What else do I need to know about that? That that it's specific spicier. You know, it's a little bit spicier. Obviously, that influence from you know the Middle East and and uh, you know some of the Balkan states and and Africa. It's a little bit spicier. As you get up north, it's a little bit more creamier sauces. Oh. You know, so okay. we do more spicier, you know, again, you know, the, some of the best food was the peasant food. So, you know, like the Sunday, Sunday sauce or the Sunday gravy, it kind of had all the meat in there, all the spice in there, you, that everything was left over traditionally. That's how, that's how we kind of do everything, you know, and then we add our own little, little twist. So ours is, ours is a lot of red sauce based, a lot of meat based, a lot of seafood based. So we're talking we're talking to Ramon Aguirre of Bella Note family business. He's part of that family. I've always heard, and I'm I'm curious. Again, this is your business. This is your world. This is your life. You can tell a lot about an Italian restaurant by their meatballs. Yeah, meatballs are a good indicator of <laughs> of this. Tell me about the meatballs. I love meatballs. Well, we we kind of changed our recipe over the years because before we used to just fry them per order. Mm -hmm. I believe phenomenal. But we couldn't do that any longer because, uh, you know, we were getting so busy that we just would run out. <laughs> so now we, now we now we prep them every morning. You know, ours are half veal, half pork, so ours are a little bit uh, leaner, mm. but still can hold that sauce. And then when you when you break it up into that that nice thick red marinara that we have, it's just like. <laughs> You're making me hungry. I know, right? <laughs> it sounds like you're making yourself hungry at the same time. <laughs> well, I was just, I'm kind of laughing because back in 2008 when the bottom fell out, we, ex we actually had to start making our own bread. So at that time, when we started making our own bread, and the meat, it seemed like simultaneously every morning I walked in through the kitchen, the bread was just getting done, the meatballs were just getting done, and our marinara sauce was just getting done. <laughs> there you go, oh. meatball sandwich for breakfast. Now that's a perfect that was like storm. A good, good two-month period where I had <laughs> a nice focaccia meatball marinara sandwich every morning. Oh, what a wonderful man. coincidence. I love it. So that so twenty pounds that winter. Oh my gosh! So it is true. You should you can tell it by the meatballs. I I think the meatballs and the red sauce. I absolutely yeah. and the red sauce. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people, Ramon, and, and I, I don't mean to sound weird about it, but when I go to an Italian restaurant and they say, oh, you see the menu, I go, I don't need a menu. It's an Italian restaurant, right? We're talking Italian. I think I understand the basics of it. You know, let's, 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 let's go through here. Cause especially my first time there, again, I'm going to, I'm going to do the red sauce. I'm going to do a, a meatball. I want to get a sense yeah. of a place. I'm like, I don't need, it's an Italian restaurant. What do I need a menu for? Right. Yeah, I mean, when I go out, I want sausage and peppers, baked clams. You know, I want a nice salad, some meatballs, some red sauce. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe a little veal, and I'm happy. <laughs> I'm there right there with you. Now, Ramon, do you have any dishes that are not on the menu that what? you know that we should know about that we can order? What, like secret menu? Yeah, people have secret dishes sometimes, and only their regulars know about. Like Chipino, well, he throws a Chipino in there. We've had the exact same menu since we opened in 1995. We haven't changed one item off of it. The only thing is, is we let every all our customers know, if we have it, we'll make it. If you want, we've made, the other day, a gentleman ordered a veal chop arrabbiata, and that was where we pounded out and, and breaded the veal chop and put a nice spicy marinara sauce over the top of it, and it looked absolutely phenomenal. So people do know at our restaurant they can come in and order 
what you want. I've I had guys that uh, call me the day of and be, hey, can you make me a chicken chetrazzini? Okay, no problem. <laughs> you want I it? I got it. You, I, Ramon, thank you so much for telling us about, about your wonderful family restaurant, Bella Note. We appreciate it. We appreciate you guys, and thank you guys for all the support, and we're just looking forward to a nice to- summer for 2021. Here, yeah. here, and yeah. some wonderful, good, classic Italian cuisine at Bella Note. You can find out more at bellanotechicago.com. Make your reservations now, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Try that. Try the marinara, the meatballs, some pasta. That You'll know everything you need to know about oh, Italian yeah. restaurants. And Italian right? restaurants, those are the restaurants where you can do that. Can you make me this? I didn't I see that. it on your I menu. Do that all the time. I don't ask for a menu. I, I mean, I'm not trying to be snotty about it. Yeah. But like, I go to Italian place. Oh, you've been here before? I go, no, it's an Italian restaurant. I think I understand the concept. Well, well when you that. only order chicken nuggets, what do you there want a menu for? <laughs> there is that. Yeah. Don't need a menu for that. All right. Thanks a lot to Ramon. And Dad Ramon, working yeah. in the back, Ooh. not telling you the recipe. No, there are no recipes. No. It's all I in his head. It in my head. Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> a little shake here, a little sauce there. Fantastic. Here we go, jumping into it. Um, Bruce, Judy, and Cheese with you right now with some updates, if you will. First off, uh, how many people live in Vermont? Did we determine how many people actually live in Vermont? A little over 600,000. <laughs> Seriously. It's like the second smallest state. It's it's minuscule. Yeah. And that's probably why they've managed to reach, or at least they're the leader in the clubhouse, Judy, when it comes to vaccinating their population. Right. 80%. 80. Yeah. I, you're, you seem more impressed than me. I am so not impressed. You're not impressed with 80%. We probably vaccinated 600,000 people one day. Well, a I'm talking about percentage. Ago. Okay. They're so tiny. No, but still, they got they didn't 80% get they didn't get the same people, amount yeah. uh, that we got. So they yeah it's still six hundred thousand's nothing. We did how that do you get eighty percent of people to agree on anything, much less get a vaccine? Well, there's that. Yeah, yeah, I guess you can if you say it that way that they got the vaccine. That is pretty good, right? So they're the leader in the clubhouse. They are the hey, the, we're at seventy percent in Illinois with one. They're at eighty with both. Yeah, okay, we're at forty five. Okay, so <laughs> they, now the numbers start to, to matter. But this is this gets into this thing called I I still want to call it herd immunity, but but I was I was corrected by Dr. Bleasdale. Yeah. Community from UIC community. that it's community immunity. And where is that number? Where what number do we need to aim for? Seventy percent. It hasn't really wavered. They've said that from the beginning. 70% gets us to where you can have a certain number of people who do not get vaccinated. And the uh, a virus, anything, can't get root and spread is right. the idea behind exactly. it. Exactly. Enough people are vaccinated that everyone is relatively safe. Right. So we still have a ways to go on that. But I wonder... In but, the I mean, reality, 70, how close we're going to get. But 70% with one vaccine, it's still pretty good because we know that even one vaccine works, right? You get some protection, Yeah, you get some right? protection. Two, you really need to get both. If you're going to get one, get both. Who who are the people who just got the one? <laughs> lazy Susans. Do you think it's lazy? I, I don't know. I'm trying to understand it. Maybe it's people who were hesitant. So they got the one and they think that's enough. Maybe it's... Did they get one and then they had like a side effect and said, I'm never getting another one? It Could that well, no, be possible? Well, no, because the, the full, fully vaccinated numbers keep going up. 
So when you say that I oh, have only gotten one, we're, those there's some of them are still waiting. They're waiting to get their second one. Okay, because you yeah. had to wait a not four everyone weeks, did five it like weeks. we. You know, we got ours. I feel like so early. Yeah. What? what March. March and yeah. people for whatever reasons they waited. Maybe okay. they wanted to wait to see how it would play out, what the side effects would be. Okay, now they're saying, okay, I, I feel better. I'm going to go get it. So, yeah, they've been getting And uh, let's face it, there's got to be a pretty big percent. I wish I had waited now because I really want those <laughs> Lala tickets. I mean, there are people who are going to wait for all the freebies. They're just, they're just, they're, 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 I could have every single tickets, morning, Lala tickets, going, beer, What donuts? are the bennies yeah. that Bruce and Judy are talking about and today? The, literally, the latest is free Lala tickets. Yeah, Really? You know, people are going to line up for that. But this is obviously attempting to target a younger group, right? With That's things like right. Lala tickets, right. and and that has been part the of the beer, group. That probably is, be the the older, beer, yeah. They, well, they, but they were ones who were what do we use? Hesitant, reluctant, mm-hmm. lazy. What are you, lazy Susans? Lazy Susans. <laughs> I wanted to say a different word, but I didn't. I appreciate you <laughs> not saying a different word for God's sake. She does swear like a sailor. Unbelievable. I do. Man. Unbelievable. Sorry about it's that, but I, I grew honest. up in a newsroom. Yeah, get used to it. Well, we will we will find out as we continue to get closer and closer to that number, and and hopefully avoiding any sort of impact from this Delta variant mm-hmm. that well, I, I feel and, like yeah. I feel like we haven't. We're going to hear about more. Yeah, we're hearing every day we hear more and more about it. So it's like 10% of the cases now in the U.S., but the experts are saying that is doubling every two weeks. And basically they're saying if you don't get vaccinated, you're probably going to get that Delta variant. And then hopefully it just won't be bad enough that you require hospitalization. Or death. Yes, exactly. Hopefully. So other than that, Miss Lincoln, how was the play? Might be time to have Judy restore your faith in humanity. She says she can do it for you right now. I can. A Colorado woman has spent 23 days picking up 126 bags of trash across the country. Having over a month off from her job at a campus recreation center, 24-year-old Stephanie Shamrowitz decided to take a trip to help clean up the environment. She's now driven over 70 hours through... Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, Louisiana, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee. Oh, my gosh, it could go on and on. Cleaning up everything from bottles to lawn ornaments. She says face masks have been pretty common, too. Now, Stephanie said her aim isn't to shame, but rather encourage people to do what they can. She says she's not going to be able to pick up everything. But if everyone starts picking up some trash on walks or runs, that's where the magic is. People donate $10 a bag for Stephanie to clean up in her name, in their name rather, which she then uses for lodging and gas. The person's name is written on however many bags they've donated towards. And then she posts a picture on her Instagram when they are filled, thanking them for help cleaning up the city she is in. That is quite a road trip, right? That is tremendous. I like that. Hmm. Also be solved to quit throwing crap out the window. Yeah, no kidding, oh, right? For God's sake. I hate when I see people do doing that. that. Unbelievable. Judy, thank you Absolutely. for restoring our faith in humanity. We also are so appreciative of uh, MG uh, and, uh, well, the whole posse over there, Mission yeah, Control. They hit buttons. They make things happen. Yeah. I don't know how any of it works, quite honestly. <laughs> also, infant producer Miranda. She's over on the other side of the double pane bulletproof class today. Yeah. DJ Cheese working those ones and twos. Yeah, thank you, sir. Mm. And... Nick Gale, who's going to stick around and continue to update you specifically on what we, 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 we've had a shooting 
already uh. Uh, early this morning, and this this Rockton fire continues to burn. Almost out of control, right? Yep. Concerns for the area still. He'll update you on all the latest news, traffic, weather information you need to know coming up next right here on 890 WLS.